I'd like to acknowledge that this podcast episode was recorded on the traditional unceded territory of the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Squamish First Nations. Welcome to the Initiative Podcast, where we explore diversity and culture in beautiful British Columbia. My name's Ella Diaz, and I'll be your host, and welcome to episode number two. Today, our special guest is Ariana. Hi, Ariana. How are you? I'm good, Ella. Thank you. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm pretty good, thanks. Um, So Ariana and I have been friends for about five years now, and I was curious about Ariana's background, and I wanted to talk to her about that today. So Ariana, if you could please indulge the audience and let them know um, a little bit about your background and how you identify ethnically and nationality-wise. All right, so I've lived in Vancouver all my life. I was born here. So I, um, my nationality is Canadian, but both my parents uh, immigrated here from Iran. So my ethnically, I identify as Persian, and I typically tend to use the word Persian because I consider Persia as the empire it's been historically for thousands of years, and it was only named Iran in around 1935. So my great-grandma, for instance, was born in what the country used to be called Persia. So that's typically how I tend to describe it. Yeah. You seem very knowledgeable about your background and the history behind it. And so you mentioned that the country is now called Iran. And so I was going to ask you if you've ever had the opportunity to visit Iran. No, I haven't had the opportunity to visit Iran. There are government-wise roadblocks that wouldn't allow me to travel there. And a lot of my family has moved here to North America, typically. So... I don't have much reason to go there either with the current regime. Yeah, that's pretty tough. So are you aware at all of the reason why you're unable to go back to Iran? Yes. So um, because my father is was born in Iran, mm-hmm. I'm considered Persian in their eyes. So to travel there, I need a Persian citizenship and passport. Uh, So if I were to go there, I can't go there with a Canadian one because of my ethnicity. And I can't get a Persian citizenship because, first of all, my parents didn't marry the Islamic way. So I'm not even, their marriage is illegitimate in the eyes of the government. And my sister and I aren't even considered, like, we don't exist. Wow. So long as parents don't marry in that way, yeah. I think recently they've changed the law so that you're also considered ethnically Persian if your mother was born in Iran, Mm -hmm. but it didn't used to be that way. Yeah, I think I saw something about that. So um, do you know if nowadays, like even if you were born back then um, with a Persian mother, would you still not be considered Persian or would you still have that, um, would you still be able to sort of redeem that Persian nationality from your mother with the new law in place? With the new law in place. Um, I know before the new law was in place, if you had, if your only parent that was Persian was your mother, you could travel to Iran with like a Canadian passport, for instance. Mm -hmm. But I don't know about right now. I think that would change for anyone who has Persian parents at all. Yeah. So um, not being able to visit Iran, do you think that has sort of affected your cultural identity in any way? Like, do you think that has made you like have less of a sense or a sense of touch with your cultural identity at all most likely we've my family has always made the 
effort to uh, celebrate our culture in that way and participate in events or eat foods that tie into Persian culture while living here in North America. But I definitely feel like if I was able to visit there, maybe more of the history I'd be able to experience in the country itself and the language, I'd probably be much better at speaking it if I could go there for months at a time and practice. So yeah, it has definitely had an impact on my cultural identity for sure. Yeah, but you do still speak um, Farsi at home, correct? I do speak Farsi at home. Not probably not as often as English, but I do for sure. And I speak Farsi with relatives more often. My uh, great aunt, for instance. Oh yeah. All and speak Farsi together. Yeah, it's good that you have that opportunity still, despite not being able to go to Iran. Yeah, definitely. It's a great way for me to practice. Mm-hmm. And- develop that part of my identity. Yeah, and um, touching more over that, are there any other ways that you try and stay in touch with your heritage um, despite living in Canada? Well, aside from speaking the language, yeah, I'd say there are a couple other ways for sure. We eat a lot of ethnic food, Persian food specifically, in our day-to-day diet. So it wouldn't look that different from someone who lives in Iran, what we eat on a typical day. Uh, I also like to listen to some Persian music. We listen, my parents listen to Persian music a lot and I've found some songs that I really appreciate. And that's one way that I tend to try and help myself learn the language better by memorizing songs and learning the words that I didn't know in them. And that's typically very effective because Persian songs are quite poetic. So there are a lot of words in there that I wouldn't use in my day-to-day vocabulary, and that has helped me. Uh, I've watched a couple of Persian movies in Farsi, but not many. But it was a fun experience for me to watch those as well. Oh, that sounds really cool. Um, And oh, definitely Nowruz. We celebrate Nowruz every year. Not quite to the extent that you'd see in Iran, because in Iran it's more of a weeks-long celebration that you do with family and friends. And there'll be markets selling the stuff that you'd put on the traditional half seam table. But we make an effort to celebrate it here. Yeah, I remember last um, March when we started setting stuff up for Nuru's together. And that was super fun. And there was so much. There, it's such a rich culture. And I, I just had such a great time just um, getting to celebrate with you guys. It was a really great experience. Yeah, that was really awesome. And we, we celebrated Charshambisuri on the same day. I think we had you over for Charshambisuri, which is the last Tuesday of the year before New Year's, and just celebrated all of it in one go with you guys. So we do we do typically mm-hmm. acknowledge Charshambisuri when that rolls around, too. Yeah, that was, that was a really fun experience, too. And um, I was wondering, do you think that because you can't go to Iran, it makes you especially want to learn about the Persian culture more and indulge yourself more into the Persian culture? Yeah, you could definitely say that. I have a goal to become more fluent in Farsi, and that's something that I work on constantly. And definitely, if I could go to Iran, that would be such an advantage for me in that journey. Because when you're talking with people on a day-to-day basis, you just pick up the language a lot faster. And I don't know how to read or write at all. And that's something I've tried learning a couple times, but it's really difficult, especially because there's not a a lot of material that I would read and write, even if I could. Mm -hmm. So I think if I were in Iran, that's something that would definitely be helpful for me. 
And yeah, as I was saying, they're like holidays and stuff too. It's a whole different experience there. Like for Chashan Misri, you typically jump over fire to burn away bad spirits is this idea of it. And in Iran, people will jump over bonfires. And here we're just doing candles. So in West Van, they will do bonfires sometimes, but it's not mm-hmm. quite the same. Yeah, I was going to say that's still commendable that you're still making an effort to stay in touch with your heritage and your culture. And I was also curious because you are a very avid bookworm. And so I was curious to know, do you have anything on your like to read list that you would want to read if you could read in Farsi? I actually wouldn't say that I do. I don't because I haven't ever been there and I don't have a lot of friends or family in the area who are fluent in Farsi or partake in the culture, it's hard to learn about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I would, though, read Hafez's poems if I could. We have a book of them in my house, and I can't read them, so yeah. that's a disadvantage for me. And it's actually getting difficult for my parents to read them, too, because they haven't been to Iran in so long, and they don't get the opportunity to practice that like fancy formal language that's used in his poetry. So when they read them also, it takes effort <laughs> But that would be something that would be really cool to be able to experience. Wow, yeah. I would also like to ask, um, is there a sense of community, like, among the people from Iran who live here in Vancouver? Do you think, like, do you think there's, like, a greater Persian or Iranian community here that you can identify with and connect with? It depends even on where you live in the city. Like, I know there's a lot of Persian people in West Vancouver. And when I go over there and I'll go into, like, just any random store, sometimes the employees there will immediately notice that you're Persian. Oh, trying really? To with you. Yeah, it's honestly really fun kind of being in West Vancouver because you run into other Persian people and then they will recognize that you are Persian and try and speak wow. Farsi with you. Like, there's one Persian grocery store that we really like in West Vancouver. And last time I was there, uh, I was looking at bread. And one of the employees just came up to me and asked me if I wanted fresh bread right off the bat in Farsi. And that was a cool and unique experience for me. Because Mm -hmm. people, besides my family, don't approach me and speak Farsi, right? Yeah. I know I was in a Persian store, and I guess I do look Middle Eastern. But it was cool for me to be able to just immediately respond in Farsi that's not an opportunity I get often yeah that's I totally understand like having a sense of pride for your heritage and a pride for your culture and um, people noticing sort of your identity from that and I think that's really great that you were able to experience that one other question I have is um, is there a certain food in Iran that you can't get here that you would like to try if someday you were able to return or if you were able to go to Iran? There's a lot of the food that you can get in Iran you can get here but it's not as good Mm -hmm. as if you were to have it in Iran. So like there's a kind of it's sort of like sorbet but not really. It's called falude. Mm -hmm. Like a Persian. It's kind of tastes like sorbet but it's made of like noodles, starch noodles and syrup. So I've had that here but when my parents tried it, they're like, oh, this is so much better actually in Iran. And the same oh, thing yeah. with uh, Persian uh, cotton candy, Peshmak. It's really, I personally can't tell that it could be any better than this. But when they say that it's different in Iran, that's a special thing to hear about. And then something that you can't really get here, 
would be sashir, which is kind of like, sashir literally means head milk. So it's like when you have milk, you skim off the top and it's a creamy oh. dairy kind of thing. Ooh. It's a sort of thing that you can spread on bread and they eat that for breakfast. I've never had it. I've never seen it here in North America, mm -hmm. but that would be a really cool thing to try. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. So it's like sort of solidified surfacey stuff off of the milk you said? Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Oh, that makes me curious. I wonder what that tastes like. And then there's also in Iran, my parents tell me about when they were kids. You'd go buy bread multiple times a day, fresh bread. People would line up and each store would make its own kind of bread. Wow. So you couldn't get like three different kinds of bread from one store. So I've tried all these breads and I buy them prepackaged like Sangak and Barbari. They're really, I really enjoy having them. Mm -hmm. We only get them in West Van actually. That's the store we typically go to, but it would be so cool to try them fresh from like specialized stores. And I know there are some here. I think there's a place in uh, Steveston mm -hmm. that makes bread. Oh but yeah. But it's still not the same. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds amazing because I really love bread. And so if I ever had the opportunity to go to Iran, I think I would go and try all those different kinds of bread, honestly. Mm -hmm. That sounds so good. And um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for agreeing to be interviewed today. And I think I've learned so much about Iran and your culture and how you ethnically identify and your experiences in Canada as someone who identifies as Persian. It's been a really informative and educational interview. Yeah, thank you. It's been fun to talk about. The culture is really important to me. I started mm -hmm. learning Farsi right as I was growing up. So there were certain words that as a little kid, I knew the Farsi word would come to my head before the English one. Oh, wow. So something that I've been immersed in all my life like uh, a couple just right off the top of my head I would always say peste instead of pistachios <laughs> or must instead of yogurt and then people wouldn't get it yeah <laughs> I would ask friends if they had yogurt but I'd say it was Farsi words Aww. oh speaking of peste pistachios you can eat them fresh off the tree in Iran wow I've never tried that but again it's one of the things my parents talk about yeah and that's really cool i didn't i didn't even know that pistachios grew on trees neither did i <laughs> until oh they God. talked about it with me wow mm -hmm. okay i think that's what we're gonna call this episode like did you know that pistachios grow on trees or like pistachio tree or something related to pistachios growing on trees because that's something new that i learned today and i think that needs to be shared with the world honestly have you ever had lemon lime saffron pistachios no, what is like those here? You need to try those. They like roast them with saffron and like lime juice. I think they taste so good. They do the same thing with almonds. It's amazing. Oh, I'll buy you. Oh yeah, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, that would be yeah, that would be great. I'll totally go and pick those up soon. All right, this has been the second episode of the Initiative Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.